Welcome to the Playmaker Podcast, a podcast for people who want to sell differently. Playmakers wage war against traditional sales and win. Remember, success is just one play away. All right, welcome everybody to the Playmaker Podcast. Got another episode here. Excited. Um, this will be an interesting one. We're going back just a little bit in time. Um, you know, for those of you who uh, follow it closer, um, there was an article that I put out, um, and, and it's a debate. I'm still trying to figure out what I was doing with this, but, you know, genuinely speaking, I've got a little bit of a, it's not a chip on my shoulder, but you know, social selling, you know, people love it so much. Sometimes if everybody loves it so much, I feel obligated to to hate it or be um, a, a little bit of a punk, not hate it, but be a little bit of a punk about it. And I had this interaction with a gentleman by by the name of Larry Levine. Um, and we started commenting back and forth. And truthfully, um, out of all the comments and, and some were... <laughs> Some were a little negative. Um, you know, Larry and I had some good conversation, and I thought, you know what? I appreciate this guy's civility. I appreciate his professionalism. Um, and we, we we had enough back and forth. I said, I had to get Larry on. So we've got Larry Levine, and currently he's the co-founder of the Social Sales Academy. Larry, how the heck are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Gabe? Yeah, well, it's good to have you on, man. And we were debating, you know, um, we've had some other social sellers on. I think we had uh, Jamie Shanks and, uh, oh, it's not gone live, actually, but we've got uh, Coca. We did Coca a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, G- I, I don't know, some of these these social selling thought leaders. And Larry's got an interesting opinion, so I wanted to bring him on. Um, wanted to talk a yeah. little bit about social. But, Larry, before we get into the the nitty gritty here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the stuff you guys are doing over there at the social sales Academy? Sure. You know, and it's my pleasure. I'm honored that actually I'm honored. You thought of, you thought about me and, and have me on. So <laughs> I look forward to seeing where this thing is going to go, Gabe. So who knows? Yeah. Well, you sometimes, know, sometimes we, I don't even know what's going to come out of my mouth. I but, can see that man. And sometimes we like to go a little uncut. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll take but, off the boxing uh, gloves. No, and I'll get promise, into it. But I promise to keep it clean. I promise <laughs> to keep it clean. <laughs> so yeah, give us your backs. I mean, you, you pre-show you were giving us a little bit of the, 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 the inside, uh, addition of, of where you've been and where you come from, but give us the cliff note version of kind of the journey to where you are now and, and why the, why the idea to kind of get the social sales Academy rolling. Sure. Um, well, my whole career has been in sales. So I, yeah, I graduated college in the, the winter of 87 and I hopped right into sales, you know, a couple months later. And, uh, we're really, what I want to do is I wanted to be a pharmaceutical rep. I mean, that was the glam job. Yeah, the man. Hey, there's money but, there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, there was. I mean, now, I mean, now, I mean, who knows? But uh, <laughs> pharmaceutical reps are a whole lot different now than they were 20 years ago. But that was kind of the glamorous job, right? Company car, expense account, and all that. And that's oh, kind of what I gravitated towards. Wow. But I needed the sales experience. So I needed the sales experience. So my dad goes, hey, you know, you graduated college. You need to go find a job, right? So he goes, my dad was traveling a lot at the time. And he goes, yeah, I had a conversation with a manufacturer rep inside the copier industry. He goes, why don't you go sell copiers? Just get some really hard-nosed sales experience and then flip it to become a pharmaceutical rep. So that's what I did. I just at the time, I opened up the yellow pages. So now I'm dating myself, Gabe. (laughs) And I opened up the yellow pages. I saw the biggest ad in the yellow pages and copiers. I called 
the company up and I said, Hey, I'm looking for a job. Can I come talk to you? And went through that interview process. And, you know, it, it was probably the worst experience of my life was 1988 selling copiers, but I just stuck to it. And I think, you know, it's probably how I was brought up. And I just said, you know, you just got to stick to something. And if I commit to something, I'll do it. And I just, you know, we always say in this industry, you got toner in your blood. And I just stuck to it. And I, and I found out, I made sales my own inside the copier world. And I just found out, you know, how to survive in this world just mm-hmm. by just being a true, genuine, authentic person. And that's, that's what I transferred into copier sales. And I, you know, I switched from the analog mindset to the digital mindset as that whole industry changed. So I spent 28 years as a sales rep inside the copier world. So both on the dealer side and the direct side, I've been a sales rep, sales manager. I own a portion of my own dealership. But, you know, kind of my aha moment was about 10 years ago. And I really started to see the whole, you know, the shift in how I was trying to get in touch with people, right? People are hiding behind their voicemail. People are hiding behind email. And I really couldn't get to anybody anymore. So I sought out a business coach about 10 years ago. And the best thing that ever happened to me, Gabe, was like, he taught me the art of branding. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of I bring to social today is I think sales reps all have a story, right? Sales has got a big branding problem. And I just figured out 10 years ago how to tell my story just genuinely and authentically online. So you know, my business coach helped me build my own website, had my own website. And I taught, I, I just basically, I self-taught myself social before I even know what social was, right? Mm-hmm. was just... Hey, how do you be a genuine person? How do you connect to somebody? How do you look good online? And how does that look face to face? And can you marry both of those together? And I started doing that 10 years ago. And then one of my largest clients at the time said, Hey, you got to figure out what LinkedIn's all about. And I didn't even know what LinkedIn was six, seven, eight years ago. Interesting. And I just interesting. and and I just and I just took what my business coach taught me about just being a normal, genuine, authentic guy. And I took my website took my website down, transferred all that stuff, self-taught myself how to use LinkedIn from my perspective, right? I didn't pay attention to a lot of the noise that was out there. I just stayed true to who I was. And I said, hey, if, if I can truly genuinely connect with somebody face-to-face, it's not that hard online. If you can do both, then, you know, sky's the limit. And that's what I did. I just started building a brand. I went back to my current clients, kind of shared with them what I do. They edified what I did. And then I just learned how to prospect better, right? Hmm. So I took... I took how I prospected, how I was prospecting on the phone, down the street, all that. And I said, hey, if I can do that effectively, and if I can open up conversations face-to-face, if I look good online, then it's just another form of opening a conversation. That's what I did. That's how I started integrating social into the copier world. And then I, I, and then I got tired of the copier world. And a couple of years ago, you know, my good buddy said, hey, why don't you just go teach sales reps what you did? So I'm hyper-focused in the copier world for the, you know, for the time being, but what I do can translate anywhere. It's just, just genuinely authentically build a brand. We all have a voice. And then how do you connect to current customers, current clients, and how do you use this to prospect? It's just simple stuff. I love it, man. I love it. It's an interesting background. I mean, sounds like you've had quite the journey. Um, so, um, outside of, uh, you know, outside of work, I always like to ask people, I mean, is there a hobby you have or something crazy you do? You ever climb Mount Everest or, uh, um, you know, ride a, ride a unicorn or something like that. <laughs> you know, I, I actually, I'm a pretty simple guy. Um, I'm a workaholic. You can probably tell, but I love what I do. So, I mean, you'll find me on the weekends, even working. I, I just, I just love opening up conversations. So I guess that could be a hobby, but outside of this, I mean, I'm a health freak. So I enjoy working out 
And more importantly, since I live north of Los Angeles and south of Santa Barbara, California, I'm a wine snob. So I guess you can call me a California wine snob, Gabe. So <laughs> one, of my one of my habits is I enjoy drinking and talking about wine. So that could be a topic of another conversation, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's an, easy, that's an easy one, but we'll let you get yeah. off on that. Um, so... Um, so I want to get into this topic a little bit, um, social, right? I mean, you've obviously got, got, got your hands deep into it. Um, you know, we were kind of talking about it, um, and I want to revisit that point. Just look, you know, um, you would ask me, you know, kind of my thoughts or was that, was I kind of stirring the pot and I certainly was stirring the pot, but the truth is Larry, you know, I have struggled with it a little bit. Um, and for a couple reasons, you know, one is, the thing that kicked this off for me is I had this sales rep come to me and say, hey, um, I'm struggling hitting my, not come to me. I made a client, one of our clients, you know, I'm visiting this client and um, he comes to me and say, I'm, I'm having a hard time hitting my quota. I've been doubled down on social. I'm like, talk to me about what you're doing and I'm giving you the cliff note version here. And he had some crazy sure. stuff he was trying, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, I've, I've thought about like you doing a podcast and um, I'm, you know, I've been playing with, you know, Facebook groups and, and. I mean, just like, you know, wow, like stuff that I think most social selling, <clears throat> excuse me, most social selling consultants would be like, whoa, whoa, you know, that's, you know, that's, you know, maybe start with LinkedIn. Let's think about running a podcast a little bit later. You got a monthly quota you got to hit, my man. So I don't know if you should be producing um, ebooks every day and, and podcasts. I mean, running two episodes a week for me is not an, an easy task, right? Um, especially, and I, and I don't have that monthly quote. Again, I spend a decent amount of my time with the sales team. In fact, I'm flying to Texas here Tuesday to spend the week trying to close a deal. But, yeah. um, um, so I was like, oh my goodness, if this guy is saying this to me, there's gotta be others, right. That are struggling thinking that social, you know, is kind of this all encompassing when really, you know, what I typically teach when I'm, I'm talking about social, I'm like, guys, let's forget about social. Um, let's just get on LinkedIn and do some LinkedIn selling to start. And then maybe we can talk about branches and some other stuff. So that kind of hit me number one. And then number two, um, you know, just the numbers right now I'm running what we call labs, um, at insightsales.com. Okay. And I do, I research, so we do a research report every month. So a couple months back, we looked at 10 million sales opportunities, about 200 companies, and we looked at what happens to sales opportunities at the end of the month. Oh my goodness, fascinating data, right? I mean, we all know that at the end of the month, sometimes people inadvertently, they, they force a deal that shouldn't, or we shove a deal, or it gets interesting. Well, we were able to quantify that, but we looked at 10 million sales opportunities. You know, I kind of pushed on the, on the market, and I'm like, guys, with social... Um, we've got some anecdotal, don't get me wrong. We got one client saying, Hey, they ran an internal test and they saw some results and, and we've seen some little pieces, but I'm looking for that landmark millions of social interactions. And I want to see the results, you know, I want to see the data. And I'm not, again, I'm not talking about this ancillary, you know, I, I got one client and that one client found it to be good. I want hundreds of companies. So I've kind of struggled on, on the numbers because oftentimes you'll see these, these reports that say we ask 100 salespeople and the ones who said they were doing social perform better. It's like, excuse me, you, you, you asked people and they felt like I'm hearing asking, I'm hearing feelings, I'm hearing liking. You know, I'm like, whoa. Red flag, red flag. I want to see yeah. both. I want to see qualitative and quantitative. So part of me, you know, to your question earlier, and I'll get off my soapbox here, 
you know, part of me no, was just stirring the stirring the pot and saying, "Hey, I want to be a punk." Um, th- throw your darts at me. But part of me deep down, you know, does have some concerns with it and would like to see a renewed emphasis on, you know, potentially getting into the how. Like, if I, if I know I can set up a po- podcast, I know I can set up a Facebook group, I know I can set up a hashtag Twitter, I know I can create ebooks every day. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we can do, quote unquote, socially, but I'd like to know what actually drives results. And then number two, I'd love to see the data. I'd love to get to a place where you can show, someone can show me a study of a 10 million social interactions and how those basically drove to results. So part of me again was stirring the pot, but part of me wants to see it. Re- reaction to my verbose 50 minute rant right there. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, I, and I love this stuff. And, and I think that the issue is, and I wrote a blog post about it of oh, probably a month or two ago is sales reps got to quit chasing shiny objects. Yeah, And there's so much there. And don't get me wrong. I mean, social has a place social and how he integrated it as a sales rep has truly impacted my life, you know, and, and I'll share some results that I've had with it with you in a second. But I think the biggest thing is we just have to get better at just the role of us as a sales rep. And, you know, we try to dabble in in, in all these aspects. And right now everyone's on the social selling soapbox and I get it. Right. But social selling, if you don't have the core foundation of sales down, Gabe, is social selling really going to help you? (laughs) I think it can, you know, I think it'll hinder you. And, And I think, you know, and I've talked to people and I get on my soapbox as well. But if you stink at sales, you stink at sales. I mean, there's no there's no way around this. And and I think sales reps are paying attention to all the cosmetic fluff that's going on and all these stats, right? And I don't buy into half the stats anyway. I think they're a bunch of crap. But <laughs> do, do you kind of feel that way? Or I mean, I did again. Uh, I was trying to walk tread a little bit of an interesting line, but no, some of those stats I, are a little I, I, fluffy, I, aren't they? I mean, my goodness. Well. well it, it's just here. Here's okay. Okay. Here's a stat that just really just tweaks me. So I'll, I'll you know, it, and, and I'm not going to name where it came from because I just don't want to get daggers thrown at me socially. Yeah. But you know, people are out there talking about, you know, how far the buyer is in their journey. Oh, right. Yeah, and they, and they want, and they want to use that percent. Right. Well, heck man, there's B to C there's low end B to B there's mid end B to B there's complex B to B sales. Right. I mean, I always say this stuff's not rocket science. Right. And, and it's truly not. I said, if you want to know where the buyer is in the journey, why don't you go back to your current clients and ask them, you know, the last major purchase they've made. Yeah. Walk me through what you did. Right. 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 Go I back mean, you, to can, your, you can find your own data. Yeah. Yeah. You can and find, and find your own data and find your own data from the mouse of Bay, which right. your current clients. That's right. Don't, don't and, trust and, the market. And, those, and, those, and that's what I believed. And that's how I took what I did to market. I just went back and asked my current clients, right? When you buy things, walk me through what you do. Well, and, there's and, a, but you know, I mean, and, that's what, and that's what I don't understand. Salespeople are paying attention to all the stats, right? So here, so here's a great, I know you, people love there's stats, something man. I'm going to, I'm going to turn this into a t-shirt. So I, I've been quoted on this now and, and people just love it and they're using it. I said, sales reps have hypnotized themselves into believing what they're not doing. Doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, can you? So that is a little bit of a tongue twister. I love it. I'll get that in the show notes. I love it. It's a it's a tongue twister, but I want you to think about it, right? 
there's not a day that goes by, Gabe, that sales reps don't read, sales managers don't read, business owners don't read, co-calling's dead, right? This is dead. This is dead. This, this yeah, the process dead thing. is dead. Such good right? clickbait, right? It, <laughs> and, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, that's just stop the madness, right? Co-calling's not dead. It's just different. And that's why I have just stopped responding to this stuff, right? It's just the, the next blog post I read, it says co-calling is dead. I'm just going to barf. I know. It's so funny. It's like, I'm like, I've said that myself and then I publish social selling is dead. So I can't actually, I have no, to be careful I'm, because I don't know I, if I, I can agree with you, but then I'm hypocritical because you're right. It is, it is fun clickbait, but yeah, the, but, the, the cold calling thing, right? It has gotten to a place where I'm amazed that those articles still do well because I mean, God, there's just been so many of them. Um, so yeah. so many of them, right? Crazy. It, 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 and here's, here's, here's my analogy that I use. And yeah, I wrote a blog post about it a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, just follow me with this is, you know, I wrote, you know, what's the difference between a professional golfer and a sales rep. And, and if we think about it, that, that's why I just said, it's all in our mind. It's a mindset shift that we have to make as sales reps. And it's just, how do we integrate social into it? So, you know, we all know that there's right. 14 golf clubs in a golf bag, right? There's 12 standard and two specialty so it's 14 mm. so where i look so where i look at social is is socials those two specialty clubs that a sales rep has but the issue is that a professional golfer right the number one ranked golfer in the world and the 250th ranked golfer in the world there may not be that much of a skill set difference right because I, I think it's all in the mind but a golfer's got to know how to use every single tool they have in that golf bag right they need to know how to use the driver they know how to use the irons they need, need to know how to use the putter right gabe great example that's actually a really so, good analogy yeah I like so that one. now now so now where sales reps are faced with is you know sales reps if you ask you know and i always ask you know what kind of tools this, do sales reps have in their sales tool bag you know and they and they offer all these things right this is what's in my sales tool bag well social is just another tool that you have in your tool bag but if you aren't using the ones, if you aren't using those standard sales tools very effectively, do you think social is going to help? We got to learn how to use all of them together. That's why I said it's a blend of traditional sales and modern sales. And how do you blend this all together? But what's happening is all these sales reps are paying attention to all the social selling pundits and gurus. Yeah, they're going, hey, here, here's how great life can be. Well, if you don't understand the core foundation of sales. You're just going to confuse the standard sales rep who's not very bright to begin with. And now they're going to go, okay, here's social. Great. Now what do I do with it? And they see all the sexy cosmetic, hey, social sellers outperform regular sellers, right? <laughs> well, if you do social selling, you're going to have more top of the sales funnel stuff in there. That's why I just said they've all hypnotized themselves into this stuff. Yeah, see, that's it, right? I mean, it. I almost wish that term wouldn't have come out because, and especially with millennials, right? I mean, you get these, oh, um, I mean, the, you know, it is uncomfortable to pick up the phone. And so a way out that I can just kind of nurture people, it becomes problematic. L let me ask you this question. I mean, one of the debates is, um, and, and truthfully, it's, for each company, I assume it's always, you know, it, it depends on your size, et cetera. But right. this one sales rep that I talked to, he kind of, he listed this, this one of those stats. So the average buyer, the average executive consumes five pieces of content before they buy, you know, and he's like, I got to do that. And I'm like, uh, where, where do you know, do you have a marketing team? Cause you know, I mean, what, 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 what are those, what are those punks doing? Um, where do you feel like the line is 
with marketing and sales and this idea of content creation and social. I mean, a lot of times, um, well, I'll, I'll give, you can give your opinion, then maybe I'll add something to it or say what I've been thinking. Go ahead. So um, I have a really warped view on this for, for one simple reason, and, and I totally I totally respect the people out there saying you need to have marketing and sales alignment. I respect it, right? In, in a certain way, I agree with it. But what I have a hard time buying into is I grew up in a world, Gabe, where I had no marketing department. Okay. Right. So I had to, A, I had to get better at myself. Right. And that's where I think sales reps really stink at is sales reps need to become better marketers. Mm. And obviously marketers need to become better at selling. Mm. And it's how we all work together at this. But I grew up in a world where I didn't, I didn't have the benefit of a marketing department. I didn't have a benefit of any of that. So I had to become my own marketer. So I got really good at it because I had to, that's how I had to survive. And, you know, I, I just have a really, really just strict view on this is sales reps can drive content. Sales reps can write, right? We, we can, we do it on a daily basis yep, yep. and it's, not, and it's not real time consuming. Mm, and, mm. And, and it's just, I think sales reps got to get better at time management and sales reps got to become better educators and they got to become better learners. Yeah. God, and man, this is an interesting one. I mean, um, it, it, I, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll draw the line on it, Gabe. Uh, I mean, still, and, and even in the, even in the copier world, which I've grown up in and I know like the back of my hand, there's very few people that I work with that have a marketing department that actually is in sync with the sales. Department. Oh, it never is. It never is. Yeah. And, and and that and that and that's why that's see this is what just royally ticks me off when you talk about you know sales enablement this or marketing enablement that I said why don't you live in the world that I grew up in and you'd have a whole different viewpoint on it but you know now we just all want to say you know sales and marketing and harmony right why doesn't sales just get better what they need to do <laughs> you know it's an interesting I appreciate you kind of being a little well honest about it because it's interesting certainly you know one of the lines I've drawn. Um, in a small business, right, when you've got five sales reps and one marketer, um, you know, it, 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 makes, it makes just a lot more sense. Like, look, we, we don't have the horsepower to like, we don't have a, a million dollar marketing budget. We're just not doing crap. So you got to figure that out. I, I think it gets a little more interesting when we're talking about, you know, say a T-Mobile or a um, yeah. you know, VMware, you know, you got 1200 sales reps, right? And yes. if everybody's producing content, I mean, I was at a large company and the, the, the SVP of sales said, I got this email from a prospect. I've, I've said this like 50 times on the show, but I still love it. <laughs> you know, she said, um, I got this email from the prospect and it was the bro factor. One of my, one of my guys said, um, uh, you know, they said, Hey bro, are you interested in kind of buying our product? It was a sales development rep, but she's just like, should I not have people, you know, um, writing emails. And when we started to move into like the, can people write their own blog posts and own LinkedIn posts and, and send out their own mailers and stuff. And she's like, are you freaking kidding me? Do you know the legality issues we would have with the branding problems? If, if, you know, Apple, or, you know, or Google, I mean, some employees just writing, it's supposedly on their own merit, but they're writing as a Google employee, you know, it's just like, no, not going to happen. Yeah. So um, it gets a little more interesting, I think, in the enterprise versus the SMB world. But it's, it's, it's hard because I, you know, myself, I kind of feel like, yeah, I mean, 
in the real in, in the ideal situation, you would like to see a better relationship. Now, to your point, I don't know exactly where that line is, but let's not operate in silos. Let's work together. But in you, so that's in the the ideal world. In the real world, you don't get that very much. So. I, I mean, in myself, I mean, even when I was a sales rep, I was still producing content like as fast as I could at night, et cetera. So I struggle to find the line because I do think, ah, you know, each situation probably merits its own kind of di- diagnostic, if you will. No, and, and and you're bringing up some good points. And man, I, I'm sitting there and I don't have very much hair on my head and I'm pulling up what little I have on this conversation. No. <laughs> this is what drives me. This is what drives me crazy is there's the enterprise sales world scene. I never grew up in that world. Yeah, so that's yeah. a wor- I, I mean, that's just a world I don't get. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, but when I, but when I see what's going on with social, right. And, and how social is being delivered, I buy into that enterprise sales and marketing, working and harmony and things like that. Blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. <laughs> but where I, where I, where my world is, is right at the street level game. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's what, what, what are we doing with that small, medium sized sales force? that doesn't have the luxury of this. So there, there's two different dichotomies that we're dealing with here is what's real and what's not real. And you see the small, medium-sized business re- reading all this stuff on social that they can't relate to because they go, you just don't understand my world. So what I've done is I've brought social to the SMB world yeah. and said, hey, you know what? Your sales reps can do this, right? Uh, uh, yep, and the yep. reason, and the, and the reason why they can do it is, I've walked a day in their life of their shoes, beating the streets of Los Angeles selling copiers, right? I found the time to write, right? I just wrote my hundred first blog post last hmm. week, yeah, right, yeah. So you can set aside the time, but what what was really interesting, and and I gotta I gotta read you this quote, but I do a lot of not for profit work, <laughs> so I'm I. I I'm in this Kiwanis group that I here in Thousand Oaks, California, where I live just to give a plug, but sorry, it was a shame. It was a shameless plug, dude. Don't do it. But, it's terrible down there. I've been there. He's lying. Yeah. But, but here, here's what, here's what was interesting. And, and here you go. Cause I had to find the notes in my phone, but we had a speaker a little while ago and she was an ex school teacher. And this will just prove where I think sales reps need to go with this is she was talking about school teachers and how school teachers must consume content, right? Because she goes, school teachers must know 10 times more than the students mm. because you never know what student's going to ask some off the wall question, right? Yeah. So then I sat back and I thought about it and I go, you know what? Sales reps must equip themselves with content knowledge. And that's what social can really help because sales reps must start learning. You know, for instance, I grew up in the copy world. So sales reps must learn their industry better, they must learn the copier world better. So mm. what, what's that mean is they got to start consuming content and that content that they consume is how they can educate and look relevant to their current clients and buyers. So that's why I just said, you know, sales reps can do this. It's part of their job. Yeah. Social is just another tool that you all have to use. And, and that's where, you know, I just draw the line because a lot of social, like I said, is thrown at it, it's cosmetic, it's corporate, it's collegiate, right? I did a podcast. I was a guest on a podcast last month and I said, we got to stop with this collegiate level social selling because the average sales rep just doesn't understand. Yeah, you got to bring it down. I mean, that's why you know that's why. Yeah, that's why some people read the Wall Street Journal and some people read the Los Angeles Times, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is actually a good debate, and I hope it's one that our audience is grabbing because I know we've got um, SMB, we got kind of mid mid size, we got some enterprise companies tuning in, and um, I think one takeaway that the market has not been very tight on. 
and I think this is part of the problem is that um, a lot of the social selling stuff is designed better for a small, smaller business where a sales rep has more uh, leniency, maybe doesn't have all the corporate BS, yeah. all the corporate, you, you know, branding. Um, you know, they're just nervous. They, they just got to be careful of what comes out and what is said. So, um, in, in a lot of enterprises are, are now saying they're hearing this. It's been the groundswell, and you have these enterprise companies saying, well, we should probably be doing something, but it doesn't translate as well. And I, we don't necessarily need to get into it, but I love the idea of saying, guys, there is a indiv- you know, a small business, medium business, social platform, and that's where the sales reps get involved and really do stuff. If you've got a, you know 50,000 sales reps and, and, and 20,000 marketers, um, you might, I don't know if everybody needs to be doing a blog. Every, you know, there, there probably is a slightly different strategy. So, um, and I just want to point that out because I, I don't know if that's often hit on as, as much as maybe it should be. But the, and I know we're getting a little, little low on time here, Larry, but I wanted to get to a couple pieces from you of this concept of how. I mean, you've obviously been teaching it, and it sounds like you've niched yourself obviously a little more in this me, small to medium sized business concept. Which I think is great. I think there's just. I think again, we got to think about these as maybe two different programs. Um, how do you find success? I mean, it's one of my knocks again was we'll talk about social and we'll use this buzzword, but I, I've had reps say, "What is it? Is it actually sharing content? Is it just using in mails? Is it using a podcast? Is it you know what what is the tactical thing that people are finding value on? Is it just creating a great um, great brand uh, on, on your LinkedIn page? Have you found some very tactical things that people can do in order to see?" success quote-unquote using social yes and and, it, and it's quite simple and you know i don't mind giving away some of my secrets because i'll help you know without asking for anything in return and i this is how i look at social and this was the fastest way gabe that i really scaled my business um, not as a copy rep and as what i'm doing right now inside the social sales academy is first and foremost if you want to have any success with this you got to build a brand we all have a brand. We all have a story to tell. It's how well we tell it. And the first thing is, is sales reps have to leverage LinkedIn for one simple thing. Use it as a platform to share your story and articulate your value proposition. Hmm. And, and, that's, hmm. and that's what I did. And that's how I coach sales reps is I think social has done a couple of things. It's a great tool. It's a great avenue. It's a great outlet. But to me, it's also exposed how weak sales reps are. And sales reps yeah. can't they have a hard time. They're struggling with articulating a value proposition. They're struggling with telling their story. So if you can't do that face-to-face, how the heck are you going to do it online? Right, right. So I, I, was, I was able to go face-to-face and I was able to do this online. So the first thing was, is I built the brand. Yeah. Then the second thing I did, right? And I think social takes on, you know, when we think of social, we just, it, there's so many definitions of it, but I kept it simple that worked for me. And this was the fastest way that I scaled my businesses. Once I built my brand, then I started building a really strategic network. And that really strategic network was I got better acquainted with my current clients because I knew my current clients all had networks. Mm. So I, you know, I, I'm a big believer and, and people who know me real well know that I built really strong relationships inside my current client base. Interesting. I mean, I built a fort inside and around them leveraging personal relationships and I leveraged it with social relationships. So I built a brand. I went six, seven, eight, nine, ten deep in my accounts, depending on the size of the account. And just as strong of a relationship that I built face to face, what do you think I did online? I built that same relationship. So it was building a brand, connecting to my current clients, having my current clients edify me. And then all I did 
is I asked my current clients to refer me. This is simple stuff. It goes back to my first sales manager said, hey, the minute you sell something to somebody, I want you to ask for three referrals. Mm -hmm. So if we fast forward to today, all I've done is I built the brand. I tell a story. I go back to my current clients. I edify. They edify me. I connect inside their networks. And then I look for people inside their networks that I want them to introduce me to. And I have them help me. And that's the big key is sales reps don't so ask powerful. their clients enough yeah. for help. Yeah, I mean, so, I don't know where we missed that that one. You're right. I mean, this, oh this, this concept God. of referrals and uh, just referrals, this, let's just call it oh, simple. Oh I mean, God. I don't know if there's this, anybody. I had one guy, his name was Steve Frame. Um, I mean, he just built his whole business on referrals. and It's like a, the lost <laughs> art. Like nobody does it any. It's weird. I don't know why. Well, well see, but, and, and see, that's what blows my mind. And, it, and it's so interesting. I go, you know, look at all these connections people have, right? I said, what do you do with them? Oh, nothing. I said, then why'd you connect to these people in the first place if you're not going to do anything with it? So mm-hmm. my fast track to how I scaled my business. And so, you know, I left the copier dealer world and I went to go work for a manufacturer in downtown mm-hmm. LA. Yeah. And I, and I walked into a situation, Gabe, where I had no existing clients, zero. Okay. So I walked into a net new major account business inside the copier world, inside downtown LA. Yep. And I had no current customers. I said, welcome, welcome to our world. Here's an $840,000 quota, right? Yeah. Here's three days of onboarding. Here's your, here's your laptop. Here's your desk, right? Go at it. And mm-hmm. I shared with them my business plan and I shared with them how we integrate social, how I built my brand, how I leverage my networks. And I went from zero to 1.3 million in net new sales, leveraging social and the power of opening up conversations because mm-hmm. I knew my value proposition I have no problem opening up conversation face to face. And that's the hardest part of sales, right? If you can't open a conversation face to face, do you think you're gonna be able to do it online? <laughs> no. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I was able to, to do three simple things build one heck of a great profile. And I knew I had a great social presence. So I used it as a sales weapon. And what I mean by that is I wanted somebody on my profile as fast as possible mm-hmm. because I knew that my profile as a sales rep was light years ahead of everybody else's. So if I can get somebody on my profile as fast as possible and connect with them as fast as possible, they're learning something about me. They're seeing social proof, right? They're seeing people I've done business with. I'm sharing with them how I educate my current clients on social that if we can connect, I might be able to help you. I'm going to educate you. And by the way, you might see somebody I've done business with. Mm. And it's just the easiest way I know how, and, and this is going to sound I'm opening myself up for probably a can of whoop on this one, but (laughs) I think if sales reps want to get better at selling, they got to quit acting as sales reps and just act as a normal human being and watch what happens. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I love it, man. That is, it gets a little tactical. Appreciate it. Um, Interesting debate on social guys. I know we've done, we've, we've debated with a couple people about social, but we're trying to get into the, the realness of it and, and get past some of the, the hype and the talk. So, uh, Larry, appreciate you jumping on. If someone wants to get in touch with you or learn a little bit of more, a little bit more about what you're doing over there, um, well, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, actually, a couple different ways. I mean, obviously, they can follow me on LinkedIn. It's Larry Levine, 1992 on LinkedIn. Obviously, on Twitter, it's Larry One Levine on Twitter. Um, as with your podcast, I mean, I'd love to, you know, another outlet for me if you want to find out more about what I do and. And I'm just, I'd speak from the heart. You can tell that I'm just a genuine, authentic guy. I started a podcast called Selling from the Heart. 
So you can download mm-hmm. it on iTunes or, or you can go to, you know, sellingfromtheheart.net. You can find all of our podcasts there. In fact, as soon as I jump off this one, I'm doing my <laughs> own podcast. But, you know, I just try to give back. Socials impacted, you know, my ability to be successful as a sales rep. And again, it's just another outlet. We just have to choose to use it the right way to open up conversations and stay true to who we are. Love it. Love it, man. Well, Larry, appreciate the conversation. Looking forward to our next interaction. We'll close here. Uh, remember for the audience, all playmakers, man, success. It's just one play away. <laughs>